Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. All right, let's, let's pray while those batteries get changed. Father, we thank you that you are a better planner than we are. That, that things don't, you, you don't, you don't forget, you don't lose track, you don't get distracted, but that you are always about your will. You are always about accomplishing your plan and that your plan was to send Jesus to, to save us. Your plan was to, through him, to, to shower and, and pour out immeasurable love on your people. And so we pray this morning that you would, you would send your spirit to help us together to, to learn from your word, to, to hear in, in what Paul prays for the Ephesians, what we should be praying for one another. And we pray that you would, you would answer Paul's prayer for us. Uh, that we would have strength to know the love that you have for us in Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice on our behalf. We thank you that because of you, because you came, the one who is righteous and stood in the place of us who are unrighteous, that we have access and boldness and confidence to pray. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, this is really good because I could not talk with one hand for that long. <laughs> so first of all, you know, Sean already spoiled the passage by using it in liturgy, telling us this is what we should pray for one another. But like that is like that is the, the, the point for us today, right? The reason why Paul writes this in his letter to the Ephesians, telling them, this is what I pray for you, is so that they would be encouraged knowing that there's somebody that's praying these things for them. And so Paul, in this passage, what he's doing, he's, he's telling the Ephesians, hey, this is, this is what I pray for you. Uh, this is why I pray for you. He's, he's giving us, this is the kind of the, the driving force uh, behind his prayer for them. And so the question that we should ask when we are looking at this passage is, is what is it that Paul wants as he's praying for the Ephesians? And that's what he's going to answer. And so the first thing we see as we read the passage is that Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. So one of the, the first things we see here is, is Paul's posture in prayer, right? In humility, he like physically bows down. I don't think he's just using language here to kind of paint a picture for us. I think he's saying that he actually prays on his knees. 
Uh, and, and, and honestly, like this might be a place where we can learn from Paul because in our lives and in the busyness of our lives, uh, it might be that we don't ever have time where we intentionally focus on prayer. And so by creating a rhythm in which we, we physically move to a different position or a different spot in our house to pray, that could be a beneficial thing for us. Paul is saying he prays with a, with a posture of humility on his knees before the Father, specifically before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. So Paul here is acknowledging that that kind of who we are, our, our lineage, everything that we have, like it comes from the Father. That means that that you're not a mistake, you're you're not an accident. You are who you are. You were born in the family you were born in because of the Father. And so that means that that when we pray, we're not praying to some like you know detached distant, impersonal being. We're praying to our Father who has been kind of orchestrating our history. We're praying to a God who's, who's personally invested in, in me and who I am and you and who you are. He, he knows us. He cares about us. And when we pray to him, he's, he's never confused about what's going on in our lives, right? If you talk to your actual parents on the phone, right, they're, they're going to forget stuff. They, they don't know everything that you're dealing with. But our Father does. Paul says that who we are is, is from him. So Paul's on his knees. He's praying to the Father. What is it that he's praying? He's praying that according to the riches of his glory, that the Ephesians, his, his fellow believers, the, the people that he is in community with, he's praying that God would allow them to be strengthened. And so as we kind of move through this prayer, there, there's going to be this progression where Paul moves from one thing to the next, and he's, he's precise in the words that he chooses and the things that he says because he wants them to know what he prays and, and why he prays it and, and what he hopes the result of that prayer will be. And so as we kind of go through, we're going to unpack this progression uh, together. And so we'll start with, with the what. What is it that Paul is asking for? He's asking, as we just read, that they would be strengthened. Paul knows that they're going to need strength for something. So he's praying that God would strengthen them. So where does this strength come from? He asked God to strengthen them uh, with power through his spirit in, in their inner being. So he's not asking for external strength. You know, he's not asking that the Ephesians would all have huge muscles and be toned. He's asking that they would have this, this inner strength, that God would do a, a spiritual work at, at the core of their being, at the core of who they are, so that they might be able to do something that they wouldn't be able to do without this strength that God is going to supply. And, and Paul has confidence that God is going to answer this request, that they would be strengthened, because he's asking it, he says, according to the riches of his glory. So Paul knows that God is you know, infinitely majestic and mighty and beautiful. And so when he prays things, he has confidence that God is going to answer that request because he knows who God is. He knows that, that only God can do a work like this. Only God can give the Ephesians the strength they need to do what he's asking them to do. So he wants God to, to give them strength, this kind of spiritual inner being strength. Why? What is, what is the purpose of this strength? Well, look at verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts 
through faith. So Paul here is praying that they would have this kind of spiritual inner being strength so that Christ can, can dwell in their hearts, so that this would be produced by the Spirit in them. But one thing we can't miss here is because in, in our kind of Christian cultural bubbles, often when you talk about, you know, kind of Jesus dwelling in our hearts, we're talking about conversion. But Paul here is writing to the saints who are in Ephesus. These are people that are already believers. And so when he's asking that God would give them strength so that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith, he's not saying, I want them to be converted. He already knows they're converted. Instead, he's asking that the the spiritual reality of Jesus being in them, with them, their, their union with Christ because of the salvation that they already have, he's asking that that reality would be real to them in their life that they would tangibly experience and, and know and, and live in the reality that Jesus is with them. Paul is praying that they would have strength so that, that they would draw close to Christ. Why? Why does he want this strength to be given to them so that they're drawn close to Christ? Verse 18, so that we, so that they would have strength. So Paul here is praying, God strengthen them so they may have faith. Maybe a little redundant at this point. He ran out of words. Now, actually, he he uses two different words here for strength. The first one is kind of more general, but the second one focuses specifically on strength to do something. So he's not talking about just kind of like generally being strong. He's talking about having the strength to do a task. So what's the, what's the goal of this strength? And strengthen them so they would have strength to do what? What does Paul want us to be enabled to do? So Paul wants God to, to give us strength, kind of spirit-empowered strength in our inner being, Jesus' heart-dwelling strength, so that we would be able to do two things. The first thing is to comprehend with with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And number two, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So number one, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. So first, let's talk about these dimensions. So if I have one of my bad batteries right here. If I had a tiny little tape measure, we could measure this battery. We could measure the height. We could measure the, the width. We could measure the, the, the length. But Paul here has four dimensions, which, which doesn't really make sense because we live in a, in a three-dimensional world. But he has breadth and length and height and depth. And, and it just, it just doesn't make sense. But, but also, the breadth and length and height and depth of, of what? Right? What is it that he wants us to try to measure? What is it that he wants us to find this, this fourth dimension of? Paul wants us to understand the size of something, but, but what is it? Well, I don't think that Paul literally wants us to get out of measuring tape and try to measure something. I think he's talking about something that is, is of immense size and of kind of a, a measurable scope. And in fact, if we, we go elsewhere in Scripture, it kind of helps us to understand this. In Job 11, 7 through 9, these the same four things appear. This is what it says. 
It says, can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? It is higher than the heaven. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol, what can you know? Its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. So we have height and depth and length and breadth. So God's wisdom, like Job's friend Zophar, he, he says it's, it's higher than the heavens, it's deeper than the grave, it's, it's longer than the earth, and it's wider than the sea. He's not saying that we could actually go out and measure those things and then know how big all of these things of God are. What he's saying is that God's wisdom is just too much for us. Like we can't get our heads around it. We can't wrap our minds around it. And so what is it then that Paul is talking about in Ephesians 3? What is it that he wants us to try to comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth of? I think we find out in the next verse with, with the next thing that he wants us to have strength to do. Paul is praying that we would have this spirit-empowered strength so that we would be able to comprehend the immeasurable vastness of Jesus' love for us. His love for us is what is of immense size and immeasurable scope. That's what we need supernatural strength just to begin to comprehend how, how little of it we know and understand. Jesus' love for us. And when we talk about, about having this strength, God giving us this strength so that we would begin to understand the, the height and depth and breadth and length of, of Christ's love for us, we can't miss one important point Paul makes here. Like This is not a, a solo exercise. This is not something that we can do on our own. Paul says we, we need to comprehend it, the strength to comprehend it with, with all the saints. What this means is that even if I have this, this God-given, spirit-empowered, inner being, Jesus-dwelling-in-my-heart kind of strength, I still can't do this on my own. You still can't do this on your own. We need to do this together. Right? I can't comprehend the immeasurable vastness of Christ's love for me on my own. You can't comprehend it on your own. We need one another so that these truths can be known to us. And so Paul here is praying that God would give us this strength so that together as a, as a body, as a, as a church family, as a community, we might understand together. We might remind one another. We might preach the gospel to one another again and again and again so that we would grow together in our understanding of, of just how little of his love for us we know. The second reason why Paul is praying that God would give them this strength is in verse 19. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Here he's saying, again, that we need strength to understand something that, that surpasses our ability to know it. It's, it's, it's bigger than, than the abilities we have, the faculties we have, the capacity we have to understand. And what's, what's surprising about this, especially for us as we've been going through Ephesians together, like we've seen Paul again and again and again teach them, tell them, preach to them, remind them about the love that God has shown them in Christ. Right? He's just been declaring to them word after word, verse after verse, what Christ has done for them. And then he gets to this point in, in Ephesians 3, and he's like, you still don't have any idea. 
You still don't know how little you know of the love that he has for you. It still surpasses their knowledge. It's still greater than they think or imagine. Paul's point for them and his point for us is that we could spend the rest of our lives together, growing in, basking in, living in, experiencing together the love of Christ for us, and we still wouldn't be anywhere close. It would still surpass our knowledge. This is what Paul is saying here. Jesus' love for you, for me, it surpasses knowledge. We need this God-given strength just to be able to understand that. And notice that as Paul kind of starts to transition to, to the application part of Ephesians, the first thing he tells them that, that, that they need to do It's not, you need strength so that you can love God more. Although, do that. That's good. His point is that you need strength to know more of his love for you. And that's going to be the the foundation that he's going to use to, to move into what we begin to do. So why does Paul want them at first, before he talks about other things, why does Paul want them to have this strength to know how much God loves them? Look at the end of verse 19. So that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Here he's asking that, that the Ephesians would, would be mature. That they would be all that God has for them. That their life would be, be characterized by one fully lived for God in his glory. That they would be followers of Jesus who, who put him on display for those around them. And so if, if you're here this morning and, and you want to, to grow in your faith, you want to be more mature or more, more strong in your faith, you want to be more like the person God wants you to be and less like the person you are in your brokenness, then pray like Paul. Ask God to give you strength so that you might understand more of the love that he has for you so that Paul's purpose will be accomplished that you'll be more like him because you know more of the love he has for you. Right? This is a prayer we should be praying for ourselves and, and our families and our friends and the people that we're in community with. This is the, the, the prayer we should be praying for our church, that, that we would grow together in our understanding of the love that God has for us in Jesus. But we skipped something earlier that we need to go back to. At the, at the end of verse 17, something, something interesting happened. Paul, Paul does something that's, that's a little surprising. So he's, he's asked God to strengthen them so that Jesus would dwell in their hearts through faith. And he's about to tell them, like, this is, this is why I'm praying this. But, but he pauses, he stops to tell the Ephesians something about themselves. He says that, that you, the people he's praying for, being rooted and grounded in love. Paul's not saying they they need to be or they should be rooted and grounded in love. He's saying that they they already are rooted and grounded in love. They're they're being rooted and grounded in love. It's something that's that's happening to them. These words are passive. It's not something the Ephesians do, something God has done for them. They are being rooted and grounded in love. Somebody else has done that. that. Jesus has done that for them. It's really important for us. To understand this, because what it's telling us here is that 
God's love for us in Jesus, it's, it's, not, it's not growing, it's not getting bigger. Like, we're already, if we're in Christ, we're already rooted and grounded in it. What Paul is saying here is that we need strength to understand just how much love we are rooted and grounded in. Paul's point here, as he, as he kind of makes this, this, this slight side comment to the Ephesians, is that we kind of start our journey in the faith and, and all along the way in the faith as we're, as we're growing, as we're striving, as we're falling short and failing, but, but getting back up. Paul is saying the whole time we are, we already are because of Jesus and what he's done for us, we already are rooted and grounded in love. Like We don't have to do anything to, to get that. Jesus has already done that for us. And this is not just kind of some, you know, generic red heart kind of love, right? This is, this is Jesus coming down, taking on flesh, dying in our place, rising again on our behalf, like never ending, never giving up, never stopping kind of love, right? I am, you are, we are rooted in Christ's love for us. And Paul says that we need strength. Strength from God, the kind of strength that, that only he has just to get to a place where we begin to understand how much love we are rooted and grounded in. And that even when we get to that point, it still surpasses our knowledge. And even 10, 15 years down the road, we'll still be rooted and grounded in our love and it will still surpass our knowledge. But this is the good news, or more good news. Paul's confidence that God is going to answer this request. Like he, he, he knows he will, so much so that he, he kind of overflows in praise to God for it. He says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. So right now, think of something you want God to do. It's not enough. Right? Like th think about that statement. God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. It doesn't matter how big of a thing we can think up that we want God to do in our life, in our community, in, in our church. It's not big enough. He can do far more abundantly. That's three words that mean more. Than all that we ask or think. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, it's already working in us to, to, to give us this strength so that we would know the love he has for us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul is confident that God is going to supply this strength because it's already in us. We are already rooted and grounded in this love. And so the thing that needs to happen is we just need to grow in our awareness of it. We need God to supply the strength that we don't have so that we can know how much the love of Christ for us surpasses our knowledge of it. And it's all going to be to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Father, we know that in our, our brokenness, 
that on our, on, our, on our worst days, we far too often fail to think about, fail to remember, fail to, to live in light of the love you have for us in Jesus. And we know that even on our best days, we're still finite. We're still limited. We're still not nearly as smart as we think we are. And so we pray with Paul that you would give us strength. Strength to do what we are not capable of doing. Receiving and, and, and believing and, and reveling in the love you have for us in Jesus. And so we pray that you would, you would use your spirit that is, that is already at work within us to do this work. To enable us to, to know more of this love that surpasses knowledge. We pray that you would send your spirit to, to, to draw our eyes to Christ. To give us tangible reminders and intangible expressions of the love you have for us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're doing. We pray that you would help us to, to be faithful to pray this for ourselves and to pray this for our friends, to pray this for our, for our family, our, our church family, that together we might know more of the love you have for us. Pray that you would use the rest of this service and our time together afterwards to remind us. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen.